0: Welcome back.
1: <laughs> Glad to be back. Did you have fun last time we did this? I did, yeah. I um I liked I liked the your last time you were I listened to your last podcast, you're talking about the format of, you know, having a guest. They're in your home, you're chatting, you're face to face. And uh, I mean my experience the first time was, was great, right? We we're at your place, we're you know, sitting four feet apart, um, you know, we're chatting directly to each other, so this is not quite as in person, as that would be, but I mean, we can hear each other and we can chat, and it's all good.
0: Some would argue that not being around me is probably a, a plus.
1: <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that, but I mean, the whole COVID thing has people staying their distance nowadays. So,
0: yeah, and I appreciate you being one of my loyal listeners.
1: <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I don't miss it, honestly. And I mean, now that you've kind of moved to like, oh, I'm going to do a weekly podcast, right? So it's like every Sunday night or Monday, I, like I have that regular time to, you know, listen in. To do you find to. that's
0: as someone who creates content, do you like that?
1: I like that sort of thing. I mean, uh I liked I liked your early podcast too, which, you know, would run long. And I'm okay with long podcasts. That's that's a me thing. Um but if you had a, a long podcast but it only every couple of months it's like, oh hey, when's when's Paul's next podcast coming on, right? So Yeah, I I like that it's a little bit more consistent content wise.
0: So do I. And I'm not sure. I think it was like you kind of said, we're all going a little COVID crazy, right? Mm -hmm. So just to kind of, I kind of forced myself. I'm like, okay, we're starting on a Monday and we're just going to go once a week, go, go, go. And just kind of like you said,
1: even if it's only a one hour, you know, a little bit shorter, but at least you, you know, it's consistent, right? Every Monday somebody says, okay, I'm going to tune into the podcast or, you know,
0: yeah, you and nine others. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, you know, I uh, there's a bunch of uh, friends of mine via Facebook who uh, use a, a radio broadcast app called Mixler, M-I-X-L-R. And basically it allows them to play music and have a, a chat room. So uh, it broadcasts music that basically anybody can just tune into that chat and listen to the music. Or if they're interested, I mean, they can sign up an account and, you know, Join the chat and you know communicate with everybody in the room.
0: That's kind of a cool idea. Yeah, it's not a bad idea.
1: But I think like on the free, if you're if a if you don't pay a subscription for the service, you're limited to sixty minutes worth of online broadcast time per week or something like that. Okay. And it's like, so I mean, the people that I listen to, they have their one sixty minute show once a week, and there's two or three of them that do it. So I listen to their shows, and it's good
0: nice that's kind of a cool thing and uh actually soundcloud who hosts my like they house kind of all my podcasts and then the other apps like spotify and that kind of pull it from there it's Mm -hmm. only 16 dollars a month for unlimited space
1: that's pretty affordable actually in the big picture
0: yeah so i'm wondering what that platform charges that they're putting their one hour shows up on like
1: yeah, already... I don't think I don't think any of it is stored any place. Okay. I think they just say, here's a here's a channel and you have, you know, you can do your broadcast.
0: You get one hour to fill a week. Yeah, you That's get one bad. hour to fill. Right.
1: Hmm. I mean, I haven't looked into it other than being a guest in the chat and, you know, going back weekly to listen to the music. So
0: right on. Yeah. And it's kind of funny how ever since I kind of decided to sit down and buckle down and be like every Monday let's go this is the first time and like you said it would go like months (laughs) between Mm -hmm. me sitting down with people and I don't know if that's an annoyance or if it's cost me listeners in the long run um, because I think it went from February until July when I decided to do this and so now that I'm doing it weekly I this is the first time where I've had a hundred downloads for three months in a row right so it's proving it A works more,
1: more consistency more yeah. uh
0: so it's there's less um what's the word for it there's less random people tuning in but i think the core i have is more dedicated and probably for the reasons you said right like i'm mm-hmm. being diligent about it right so
1: yeah it's it's regular and they you know i've i mean i listen to all your podcasts so i mean uh when you're revisiting guests that you've talked to before that's i mean i'm still okay with that you can, you know get an update of what's going on in their life and yeah and so right too and at least
0: with the relaunch um like two weeks ago i had my friend who streams at least it was nice because i know that you're a gamer so you'll probably like you had discord and they had Mm -hmm. discord and seems like um I haven't had to tinker with Skype yet, and I'm sure that's probably on every Windows computer. I had Skype
1: years ago for kind of voice over IP phone calls, and I ended up not using it very much, so I got rid of it. Yeah. But, I mean, now that I'm, you know, connected with a, a number of guys who game and they, they use Discord, they, we play Rocket League, so, I mean... We uh, play Rocket League. We're on Discord in the chat, so we can, you know, communicate that way uh, to team game.
0: Yeah. How is Rocket League?
1: It's fun. I uh, I was one of the last uh, one of the last foolish people on the planet where um, my friend said, "Hey, let's play Rocket League," and I'm like, "Okay, cool." And I went and I downloaded. Well, I paid money, and then I downloaded Rocket League, and then I noticed the. Uh, the notification about two days later rocket league's going free to play and i'm like uh oh oh, well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah but you're also on um D online right and that's free yes. to play
1: yes it is and it always and when i signed up it was uh i mean sure i'm cheap signing up for a free-to-play game great i can invest nothing into it and if it's great then i'll keep playing it but if it's no good i lose nothing so
0: yeah and there's a lot of good free to play ones from that like generation two and three of the MMO wave. So, mm-hmm. like uh, I,
1: um I watch a lot of YouTube reviews of MMOs, and uh people will go back and revisit this. And go, wow, DDO Online is a game from like 2007, and it's really old, but it's still really good.
0: That depresses me when you know. say 2007 is really old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I work in the I work in the car industry. Somewhere between two and four years is old. It's like, oh, it's not brand new? Oh.
0: Really? Uh.
1: Oh yeah, you get you get so used to being surrounded by brand new cars that if it's kinda of like older than four years, if it's like not shiny brand new anymore, it's like, uh
0: So me driving a twenty year old Jeep is uh not good.
1: <laughs> well, I mean it's um if you're in an environment where you're surrounded by new 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 all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see the you can see the twenty year old car and go, eh, or you can just go, wow, that's a classic. Right? I'm I fall into the my twenty year old car is a classic. So,
0: yeah, that's funny because I remember when I drove by, I waved, and I that was a couple months ago now, and I waved. In I'm the like, summer, hey. yeah, yeah, I'm like, hey, it's Doug, and we just kind of putted along, and oh, fuck, I can't remember the name of that car again. Healy? Sprite. <laughs>
1: Oh, okay, the one you were in.
0: Yeah, that tiny little car. I didn't expect
1: to see you there, of course. So I was (laughs) just like, hey, what? (laughs) Yeah. And I'm kind of a tunnel vision driver anyways.
0: But That and I'm the length of that car. (laughs) But it's fun. (laughs) uh... Yeah, he just kind of messaged me one day, and he's like, hey, let's take the little thing out for a roll, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. weather's nice. There's no top on the car. Go ahead, run some wind through your hair.
0: Oh, fuck. The... 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 Like, it's grandfathered, because there's no seatbelts, right? Oh, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no seatbelts. The door latch is a weird... Like, it's not a door hat, right? Like, it's just... It's, it's not,
1: just, not modern, it's antique.
0: Yeah, and it freaks you the fuck out when you get in, because you have to kind of, like, sandwich yourself to get in. hmm But you fit fine. Like, I'm 6'2", almost. And once you're in, you, there's lots of room. It's just getting in, right? But it's just kind of this...
1: step over the sill and kind of wedge your butt in and <laughs> sink down yeah. into the seat.
0: Pretty much, but it was so fun because it's just this little thing that you just rip around in. and, like you said, you just tops down go
1: right. Hmm. Yep. Fun car. Summer car. It's a toy.
0: Yeah, it's super good. Oh, I, I have... like.
1: It's like my car. I mean, I don't have it. It's not a convertible, but I mean, still, it's my summertime only nice days, weekends. Yep. Summer you know, cruising. Summer cruising car.
0: Nice. Um, one of the things that uh, I wanted to bring up, I noticed you've been traveling around and do, making sure that you're still getting a lot of skateboarding in this summer. Uh,
1: as much as I can, as much as I can. I mean, um, with COVID, I've, uh, well, I'll have i back up a step. I'll back up a step for you. Uh, I am an essential employee, which means that I have to work all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, Because of that and because of provincial restrictions and legislations and such, um, they're like, yeah, you can't leave the province because if you come back, you're going to have to quarantine. But as an essential employee, I can't quarantine because I have a job to do, right? So they're like, we're strongly encouraging you to not go places where you're going to have to quarantine yourself after you come back. I was like, "Mm, yep, okay, we're good now. So I would normally do a lot of traveling out of province in the summer. This summer has been all uh, Saskatchewan, all local. I've been to Saskatoon three times, maybe four times this entire summer. So it's been a lot more closer to home this this uh, this year. How many but facilities
0: yes. are there in the province
1: for skateboarding? Yeah, lots. Um, I don't think I don't think I've counted them. I know that there's, for example, I mean Regina has. Three or four smallish parks. Um, Saskatoon has a couple of parks, but ma- mainly the big park in Saskatoon is Lions Park by the riverbank. Um, uh, Warman has a park. Martinsville has a park. Um, Indian Head has a park. Um, there's a lot of smaller towns. Uh, Weyburn has a park. Um, a lot of smaller towns have parks that you wouldn't expect them to have but they but they do and um uh Melford has a park. Melford has a fantastic park. Um I was there two months ago. Um they're they're a smaller town and you say, okay, they're a smaller town, their budget's not as big. But I mean Melford put in a beautiful large, state of the art professional uh skate park with, you know transition of uh, what they what they call a, like a combination. So it's it's not just stair sets and rails and uh, uh, banks and blocks that a lot of the street skaters skate, but they actually put in uh, a bowl, basically, a park with transition and curves and hips and, and that sort of thing. So um, meltford's Park is better than all of Regina's parks put together. Wow. <laughs> so I, uh, I'm impressed that a smaller town with a smaller budget managed to put together. Um, that level of a park, which is fantastic, um, versus what Regina has. So I'm I'm envious, and I've traveled out to Melfort a couple of times. Is it the nicest so,
0: one in the province?
1: I would say so. Yep, I would <laughs> say so. It's Are there any... No, go ahead. Nope. go ahead. It's certainly the newest, and uh, even if you compare it to places like Martinsville, and that one is probably a year old it's not very old it's a pretty new park and the one in warman which is only you know two or three years old as far as i know it's not very old either um yeah i mean all those parks are really nice but uh, the melfort park has has all the key things that make me happy so
0: do a lot of people travel to that one from outside then i take it
1: um i've i know that amongst the people that i go skateboarding with that they travel there because because they live here in the city and they're like uh other places have better stuff than we do so <laughs> it's worth the 3 hour road trip to go uh spend a day there and come back
0: do people do overnight trips
1: um i don't know if other people have i haven't um 2 or 3 years ago i went on a uh on a on a road trip to alberta and it was basically um drive to Uh, drive to Medicine Hat, skate the Medicine Hat Park, drive to Lethbridge, skate the Lethbridge Park, stay overnight in Lethbridge. Uh, Next day, hit some little park between Lethbridge and Calgary, then hit two parks or three parks in Calgary, stay overnight. Um, Hit two or three more parks the next day, stay another night in Calgary, and then start your trip back home. So, I mean, uh, there's lots of parks in Alberta, and we specifically said, okay, we're going to take four or five days and travel and hit skate parks, and that's all we're going to do for the next four or five days, and it was fantastic.
0: Nice. Sounds like so much fun.
1: It was a lot of fun. Um, and, I mean, you're skating different parks, and you're seeing different things. So, I mean, you get to broaden your horizons on what you what you skate on.
0: Yeah. and So I guess it does suck that this summer we've all been kind of constrained into just the one province and not being able to leave. Um mm-hmm.
1: Aside yeah, from that.
0: Aside from the one you named, which city do you think aside from that has kinda of like surprised you for like, holy shit, these guys have a really nice skate park?
1: Um Lethbridges Park is very nice and it's and it's very new. I think it's only two or three years old. So uh they they had a they had a park that's called SLP Park, which is kind of more along the stair sets rails boxes um you know kind of the street skater stuff and they had a little bit of transition but certainly not a pool or a bowl or or uh, something like that um and once again is a newer park and it was it was pretty good but they put in um into a newer uh, uh residential part of the city that they're building and they so they put in this large uh street skate park with a you know a proper pool basically that uh yeah so it's kind of like the it's kind of like uh, like Milford. it's kind of the best of everything where they have a large skate park and lots of different types and styles of obstacles and a and a pool for those those of us who like to skate pools
0: um i'm assuming it's pretty apparent if you can tell that um That a park has been made by like, what's what's the way I want to say it's like there's been less research or they didn't really hire someone who skates to maybe design it like have. uh, uh
1: yes, yes. Um, my favorite example of this is actually here in the city, and in the south end, they've south of the South Walmart in that neighborhood, they put in a skate park called Norseman Skate Park, and it's super small, and it. Has just kind of like jumbled obstacles just thrown <laughs> together. And it's like somebody who skateboards did not design this. This was just somebody who said, "Oh, uh, we need to build a skate park, and we're just going to throw in stuff." Two rails and, and a hope curb. they hope you like it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's not good, and it's I was I was super excited about it when they had they had put it on a billboard. You know, Regina's getting a new skate park, and I'm like yay, we can use one. And then I went and saw it. I'm like, oh. It's a parking lot. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's not It's not very good. There is there's one that's worse than that. And basically, it's a, I can't remember the name of the school, but it's in the, the north, north, north end of Broad Street. And uh, it's in a school yard. And basically, it's a concrete pad with one round bar and kind of a box with a, little ramp that leads onto it and like that's it (laughs) and it's really small i'm like wow this qualifies as one of the worst skate parks i've ever seen in my life
0: so that would be exhibit a of probably not even talking to anyone who skates to get an idea of what a layout should be or just no research or anything yeah
1: i would i would say that little to no research it's kind of like well kids skateboarding if you just give them a concrete pad that'll be that'll be good enough i was like no not really (laughs) Now, that that being said, I mean, I'm I'm somebody who likes to skate and have lots of room to skate, and I like skating transition and ramps and that sort of thing. Um, Modern skate parks are very, very expensive because concrete's expensive. Yeah. And so if you get concrete and you get a team of guys who um, specialize in putting together that sort of terrain, I mean, skate parks can become very, 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 very expensive and uh most city or town budgets aren't designed to handle that sort of expenses so
0: so that might explain why you're getting a set of stairs with a maybe a hand me down rail that used to be at another building
1: <laughs> perhaps perhaps yeah <clears throat> and i mean like i said i we all want more right yeah whatever whatever it is i, mean, I got a nice car but i want a nicer car right i was <laughs> so like I wanted a skate park, and they kind of gave me. Eh, the skate park—it works, but I'm not really happy with it. But you always want more.
0: How big is the skateboarding crowd?
1: Virginia um, has a fairly good-sized crowd. No, I will will clarify for the for the sake of the audience that uh, I'm not a young man. I'm I'm fifty, and I'm turning fifty-one in two weeks. Um and so yes I still ride a skateboard. Now it's a it's a passion thing for me. I mean skateboarding was something that I did I'm going to repeat what I had in my first conversation that, with you. That basically when I was a kid I rode a skateboard and then I stopped riding a skateboard for like 35 years and when it was my nephew's turn to learn to ride a skateboard my brother said, "Hey, you know, you should get one too." And, uh, I, I got one and I really enjoy it and I haven't gone back. And, and I mean, when you see people, for example, like Tony Hawk, you know, who's like a year older than I am, who started when he was a kid and he's been riding a skateboard his whole life. And he's, you know, a world renowned pro skateboarder who still rides and still, uh, you know, is involved in the scene very heavily. It's like, wow, you know, you, uh, just because you got older doesn't mean that, oh, this is something, you know, for the 10-year-olds to do, and that after, you know, you get past 10, you should never enjoy this again. It's like, no, there's a lot of people that, that still enjoy it. I, I read something yesterday or today, um, you know, that, that viral TikTok about, uh, um, there's a guy riding a skateboard with cranberry juice, um, and, it's, and it's gone viral. and. Somebody had mentioned in the discussion of this that Ron Howard, the director Ron Howard, right? Mm-hmm. Richard Cunningham. Uh, he still rides a skateboard longboard. And it's like, he's not a young man either. I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, don't think about who out there still rides a skateboard, but a lot of older guys do. Do you think, anyway, it,
0: do you think it got no, a go bit ahead. of a resurgence with the kind of hipster movement?
1: I think I think. Some of it, I mean, skateboarding is kind of a, is a, um, it's pretty, it's pretty focused. It's a pretty narrow appeal. I mean, some of it has been um, more, uh, more public, kind of more pop culture-ish, but I, I wouldn't say so much. It's kind of, it's kind of a, a little bit of a closed culture anyways. Um, uh, We've strayed off topic, of course you're asking about the local scene um, the local scene is pretty good once again um, the guys who are the core skaters in town um, they're probably they're probably all under 25 hmm. certainly certainly under 30 usually um, in skateboarding circles by the time you're I mean you can enjoy it as as a kid or as a teenager or as a as a young man and basically a lot of guys get to the point where it's like Oh, I'm going to college, I can't do this kid stuff anymore. Or else they uh they get into a relationship and they get married and they start a family and it's like okay, I have I have a job now, I have responsibilities, I have a family, I can't just, you know, be a punk and ride around on a skateboard anymore. So a lot of people kinda of drop out of it at a certain point. Um and uh so I would say there is a, a good core of skaters in town here and uh they're all they're all younger fellas, but whatever all good it's i mean really the skateboarding is 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 uh an extreme sport if you want to look at it in that regard and uh you can hurt yourself doing it it's very easy to get hurt so young people heal up better than older guys <laughs>
0: that that i can do a test too <laughs> um the one trend that i've noticed like there was like there was skateboarding when we were kids but it was just i don't think it was huge huge like i kind of have memories of like um, the odd person would have one, but it wasn't like a thing. And then you had mentioned Tony Hawk, and I feel mm-hmm. like he's the guy that kind of like took it to that like next, next level.
1: Yeah, he was, he was a certainly, I mean, he was a competitive skater in his day. And, uh, there was certainly a resurgence where, um, you know, X games and, you know, oh, we want extreme sports. So skateboarding is a pretty extreme sport. And, uh, he was the first one to do a 540 or a 720 on a big uh, vertical ramp um so yeah he's uh, certainly uh a well-known public figure who was kind of in the 90s at the peak of his uh at the peak of his fame and uh he's done good things with uh his money and notoriety and he started like the Tony Hawk Foundation which provides money to uh communities to build skate parks Hmm. that's he was uh he was involved in calgary's millennium skate park oh really Uh, he helped them he helped them with that and he was actually at the at the opening ceremonies there's some i think i caught the video on youtube of you know tony hawk's appearance in calgary
0: oh man you want to feel old the x games first year was uh april 12th
1: 1994
0: 94 I still feel like putting X in front of something is like hip and trendy, but that's probably why I'm old.
1: (laughs) Um, There's, um, I was going to say the the Tesla Model X, right? Yeah. Hip, cool, edgy. I
0: guess X-Men, X-Everything, right?
1: Yeah, X. It's the cool
0: letter. I was going to ask you, um, when did longboarding become a thing?
1: Um, I think longboarding has always been a thing. Um, it's just, it's a different, I mean, it's, skateboarding is kind of, uh, tricks. A lot of people, you know, ride a skateboard, do skateboard tricks, make it flip, make it spin, uh, you know, ride ramps, you know, get airs, do hand plants, that sort of thing. Longboarding is... I mean, it's basically a skateboard, but longer, right? And uh, longboarding has been more sold as uh, transportation, right? It's like, oh, if you don't want to store a bicycle, you know, in your small apartment, you know, you get a longboard, it doesn't take up very much space, and you can still get, um, you can still, you know, push your way across town on a longboard, which is like, said, like a skateboard except longer, and uh, it's, it becomes a, a transportation uh, device. Now, there's some people who do tricks on it. There's some people who, if you you know Google uh, longboarding, you'll find you know longboard dancing. You'll find you know Korean girls who you know will do spins and you know jump up and down and kind of make it a free-form piece of art to to ride this, uh, ride a longboard. Um, Skateboarding, longboarding's evolution comes from surfing, uh, where it's, you know, movement and flow and the leaning of your body uh, is what causes the change in direction. Um, Like I said, it comes from the flow of riding a surfboard on water. So while a while skateboard has more evolved into, you know, tricks and spins and flips, longboarding still kind of falls into the flow and carve and, uh, you know, more more towards the uh, the historical uh, nature of uh, surfing. No, so,
0: I like that surfing reference. I never would have thought of it, but the second you started talking about it, it made total sense in my head.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's where it all started.
0: Yeah, And it just, like I had mentioned, I took up running this summer and taught myself mm-hmm. that. And so I, I get passed by longboards every once in a while on the bike path, right? And so yeah. like I know it's not one of the more, like, to me, it feels more modern. I get it's probably been around for 15 years. But to me, that feels like a blank where skateboarding, the trick version you brought up, has been around my entire lifetime, right? Like mm-hmm. with the half pipes, the rails. And like you said, it's more of a trick um, oriented, and the boards are way smaller.
1: Mm-hmm. One of the other one of the other aspects of longboarding is downhill longboarding, right? So a lot of guys will start at the top of a mountain and uh, basically dive bomb, you know, a piece of empty highway um, on hmm. a speed run to to carve and swerve their way uh, to the bottom. Uh, that's a pretty extreme sport because those guys get going over 100 kilometers per hour. So, longboards being once again larger, longer, more stable, um, less inclined for flipping and doing tricks, um, that's their tool of choice for uh, for downhill uh, hill bombing.
0: Yeah, that sounds almost more like a uh, snowboarding appeal to it.
1: I, I yeah, I would say it's it's similar. I would say it's similar,
0: except there's no fluffy snowbank to land in. <laughs> no, I was just going to say
1: yes, yeah, no snow. You're looking at concrete or some of these guys. On the mountains, when uh, I mean, every extreme sport has accidents, and you watch some of these guys uh, break the grip on their on their longboards. They're traveling at a hundred kilometers per hour, and they go flying into you know rails that are designed to keep automobiles from falling over the cliffs. And yeah, people get hurt.
0: Yeah, hard pass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I'm <clears throat> um, as much as I ride a skateboard and do silly things myself. Um, I'm pretty timid when it comes to um extreme speed and danger that can kill me so
0: no that's fair um the other ones that i see passing me when i'm on the bike path and i always wonder if skateboard people look down on the guys that have those the they're like those automated one wheel things
1: oh oh those um yeah it's apples and oranges right um I like skateboarding. My preference is skateboarding. My preference is natural skateboarding. So, I mean, uh, because of technology, I mean, there's a lot of electric skateboards. So mm-hmm. they have a, you know, a battery and you get to hold a remote in your hand and make it accelerate and it has a brake and it make it stop. It's like, okay, that's a great technology. I like pushing, right? The physical yeah. aspect of it, it's, it's you making it work. So, um they're out there. It's just not my thing. The the one wheels is like, once again, neat technology. I've seen guys ride them. I'm like, it's a little weird. I'll stick to my skateboard.
0: Yeah, and I have seen electric longboards too, kind of. Mm-hmm. And now <clears throat> it's always going to be stuck in my head. Now that's funny after you brought it up. The surfing um mm-hmm. comparison it makes so much sense because they're not having to take a foot off the board to kind of push themselves. And so mm-hmm. now when I think when those guys are passing me, they're kind of flowing like left and right and left, right. And just kind of almost surfing down the sidewalk. Yes,
1: surf, uh, carving, swooping. Yeah. Yeah. It's all leaning in balance and yeah, it's a lot of fun.
0: Hmm. No, that's super you cool. A, I never
1: get a nice flow going on.
0: Yeah. And like in the time it takes me to run the lake, I can sometimes be lapped by some of the electric ones depending on how powerful they are.
1: Mhm. I don't. I'm like, what do they achieve by running laps on an electric skateboard? Hmm. But that's no. just me cuz I'm cynical.
0: No, and that and that's kind of why I wondered like is there are the electric ones frowned upon by like old school grizzled uh skateboard people?
1: I, I would think that they they might be. Like I said, um, certainly certainly not my thing. <laughs> I mean, it's not it's not like it's not like the fraternity of brotherhood where you go, "Hey man, you're riding on a, you know a wooden plank with wheels. You know, we're brothers now." <laughs> it's like, mm, okay, electric, huh? It's a little weird.
0: <laughs> but does bitching about it make us kind of like Grandpa Simpson? <laughs>
1: Um, well, I'm that way, right? Yeah, yelling at clouds. Darn kids! <laughs> Technology!
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: <laughs>
0: and I like it because my, even my son took an interest and I bought him a beginner skateboard. But then, like you said, it's it can be harsh because you can wipe out pretty hard on them.
1: It's um, true. And the other the other thing is, um, I mean, being involved in the skateboard community, you kind of see this over and over again, is that young people will say, hey, skateboarding looks awesome. That's something I'd like to do. But what they're doing is they're watching, they're watching, you know, YouTube clips or TikToks or or whatever of people who are, you know, experienced professionals at the highest level doing tricks and spins and stunts. And they're like, I want to do that. Except that they kind of don't realize... The amount of hours and effort and practice and falls and persistence that it requires to get to that level. So they see skateboarding; it's really cool. I want to try it. They get a skateboard. Ah, oh, this is really tough. This is no fun. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people eh move on. Yeah, but okay. for the for the people who kind of who kind of who who get what's going on, or <laughs> who have the the persistence to uh, stick to it uh it's rewarding,
0: yeah is there what do they like, I can see there being like a rough barrier to entry and then also once people bite it a few times, they might take off. does it have a low retention
1: rate like when I you're... would say I would say if you enjoy it um it's the kind of thing I mean now that I'm back into it, I mean uh, for me, it was being presented with a set of you know independent trucks, you know that my brother got at the garage sale. I'm like, ooh, indies! I should get a skateboard. And so, I, I mean, I got a skateboard and I put it together and I went to a skate park and stood on it and then pushed a couple times, and it's like, oh, it's, you know, it's like it's the whole riding a bike thing, right? It comes back to you. You're not good at it right away. But you kind of like, oh, I remember this, and this is fun, and uh, you gain more experience, you learn, you move on. Um, for for um, a lot of people, consider it. I would I wouldn't say like a like a drug per se, but um, they find that they that they do get something almost spiritual out of it, where it's like, wow, this is awesome. It kind of you know, people with anxiety, for example, will um, they'll get anxious during the day, and at the end of their work shift, they'll go home and grab the skateboard and go skateboard for an hour, and they're like, "Ah, wow, I feel better now." Mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's because it it takes an intense amount of focus, and so your your mind aren't on worldly problems; they're on you and your skateboard in front of you. So,
0: no, I get it. Okay. I have a strange question for you and it's because I with me with my basketball journey I had a horrible injury when I was 23 and I Mm -hmm. stopped and I just got back into it this year and once I started going with it I feel like I was reconnected with a piece of me that was missing for a long time did Mm -hmm. you have that feeling when you started back up again
1: I would say to a degree yes certainly because um I didn't I didn't like when I was young when I wrote a skateboard for the first time, um I wrote it and it was a toy and it was fun. I mean at that time I didn't have a community of skateboarders and uh to I didn't have other people in my circle of friends who wrote a skateboard. I was kind of a you know, a loner in that regard. But um the experience of writing a skateboard was is is fun and rewarding in itself. So um, getting back onto it, um, like I said it's about the whole riding a bike thing, it's uh, it's something that you're like, oh, I remember this, right? And uh, yeah, it comes back to you, and it's kind of a, a reconnection with uh, with that experience that you had when you were younger. So I would I would agree with that statement.
0: Okay. No, I was kind of curious because yeah, like when you had mentioned earlier that there was a decent gap in there, it's funny that at least for me, but I think I was, like, with basketball, I was invested, like, completely as a whole. That was what I liked doing every day of my life until okay, I got right, right. viciously hurt. So I guess I didn't know how deep you were into it in your youth before your break.
1: I wasn't, I wasn't that deeply invested into I, um, I liked skateboarding. Skateboarding was kind of a kind of a big thing. But once again the people who skateboarded like I was like ten or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the people who skateboarded were teenagers. They're five, six, seven years older than I am. So it's not like these were guys I would hang out with, right? Yeah. And I mean they all had professional equipment and they built their own ramps and stuff like this. Right. I'm a I was a ten year old kid with a with a hardware store plastic, <laughs> you know, crummy skateboard. So um, it wasn't quite the same, but I mean, once again, I was a kid and you don't always, you know, give your kid the very most expensive equipment and, you know, the best of the best kind of thing. So, um, I'm not going to blame my parents for giving me crappy equipment, but I mean, I wrote it and it was fun and, uh, I was glad to get back onto it when I did.
0: No, that's good. <clears throat> um, have you kept touch with many of the old, uh, Derby people?
1: um i have uh, all the derby people are on my facebook friends list okay so i i see uh, i see updates of that sort of stuff all the time um i i didn't see the odd post from keeley yep <laughs> she was she was in the she was in the first league that i joined so um yeah it's i mean it's not like we chat or go for coffee or you know we're actively Uh, friends but I mean we're Facebook friends and we kind of you know peek in on the details of each other's lives and yeah I am um, being a a referee a skating official for I mean I think it was seven or eight years um, yeah you get to meet an awful lot of people across western Canada so um, I'm in referee groups I'm still a member of uh, roller derby league fan pages Um, I certainly know the skaters the coaches the people involved um you get to know a lot of people mm mm-hmm.
0: do you, have all leagues pretty much been shut down like everywhere
1: um i would say i would say yes in my in what i've been able to see um every league um is desperate to get back and uh and get practicing and get games happening um, that being said They're very mindful of uh, of the whole COVID situation, and um, being a contact sport, it kind of makes it's a it's a whole new challenge. It's like, okay, roller derby is much like a football offense line, right? It's all contact, right? You're touching and hitting and colliding with other human beings. So, um, to, I mean, locally certainly practices stopped cold and they're like nope covid we're done and it's and it took several months till they're finally okay we're now at the point where we're going to open practices but it's like very 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 toned down size wise certainly um social distancing wise and i don't think they have any contact just because of uh the whole covid thing right because um that's how it spreads. It spreads by being near or being contact. So um, as best that I know, I haven't, I certainly haven't stuck my head in the door and tried yeah. to have a sneak peek at what goes on <laughs> in the practice lately. But uh, from from what I understand, that uh, it is a, a socially distanced experience um, with no contact.
0: Yeah. And the majority of people are working class people, so we're not all afforded the ability to go into, like, the bubble, as they call it for NBA, NFL, where you just...
1: Oh, yeah, it's, um, I mean, professional teams where that's their career. That's the only thing they do. And they, uh, I I heard something, it was was about, uh, it was a radio interview about hockey. And the guy said, you know, from the time kids are, you know, first get onto skates, they join a hockey league or a team. And they're with those same 35 individuals their entire life right till they mm-hmm. get up to the pros and um derby is not at that level right i mean you'll go to derby and you'll meet friends and you make friends um but because you go to a different school than the other person on your team and it, your life is bigger than derby and so you um, you don't kind of get locked into that bubble of I'm with these same people all the time, and I don't have much contact outside of that circle. So it's it's much less like the professional sports team example you made.
0: Yeah, it's the unfortunate kind of scenario of being a niche sport, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. A niche, underground, amateur, amateur sport for sure.
0: That's too bad. It was, <clears throat> I felt like it was doing super well in this area and kind of catching on as, as a trend in general. So
1: it's a uh, peaks and valleys, right? They, uh, I've watched, I kind of joined at a good time where, uh, it was getting bigger and, uh, it kind of topped and it's, it's been shrinking. Um, and certainly, certainly now that, uh, Everybody's taken a year off for COVID. Um, There's been no sports. Now, that's hurt everybody, right? Because, you know, how do you operate a league and you need funds from generating revenue from ticket sales if you have no sport event, right? So um, in one regard, I mean, it's been really tough. In the other, by the time COVID kind of gets settled and behind us, people are going to be hungry for entertainment and uh maybe I mean maybe Flat Track roller derby will uh have a resurgence even bigger. So
0: That's true. I did hear a really good I can't remember what where it was, but I heard a really good comparison because I guess the Spanish flu was in the early nineteen hundreds and that they're always comparing COVID to that as like the one big or at least that was the last big worldwide kind of pandemic. Mm-hmm. and um kind of the one thing that was thrown out there to give us all hope um was they said what followed that was the roaring twenties okay s- and okay. so that that's kind of our silver lining for yes yes I, um, comes out
1: i um i read a novel uh a few months back and it was about the the London plague of eighteen sixty six Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, that was practically bubonic plague level of, you know, death and human destruction. Um, you know, they were have 4,000 deaths a day kind of thing. It's like, wow! And, um, I mean, much more virulent, much more uh, spreading and toxic. And uh, apparently, you know, it has it would affect people's, I mean, they would develop uh, skin lesions and, uh, it would drive people crazy. So, um, yeah, very, very, very bad. So kind of reading, uh, reading that novel, um, it was, it was kind of like the worst case scenario. And so when you, when you look at, you know, how, um, how we are reacting, um, in modern times versus how they reacted in their era. Uh, There were, there were some really interesting comparisons, um, you know, uh, where certain people just, well, I don't believe this is happening. I'm just going to go on with my life. Like everything's normal. Whereas the other people are like, okay, I have to wear a mask and I have to be really cautious and I have to do everything I can to try and purge my environment of, any germs or anything that you know might uh transmit the virus and uh, it was it was a very interesting and eye-opening comparison between that era and the modern era where um they also have you know charlatans who go oh i have you know the cure and they would you know kind of go door to door with bottles of who knows what um you know selling it for a couple of d- dollars each you know to people who are desperate for medication to cure this thing that didn't have a cure. Oh, the and, snake uh,
0: oil salesman still exists. <laughs> exactly,
1: right? It's like I said, it was it was a it was a really interesting eye opener on human behavior and how people reacted to um to a pandemic or a plague, you know, back then versus how they handled it now. And I mean, um really human beings haven't changed that much. The the difference is in communication. Where um, you know governments have a, a an internet and radio and other forms of communication to spread the message, going okay, this is bad, and you need to you know wash your hands and you need to cover your face and you need to do the things, um, and you also get you know the snake oil salesmen who say, oh, we got hydroxychloroquine and we're going to you know cure you with it. So,
0: look at you rattling that word off. I couldn't say that. Yeah, I, I under yeah. my head. <laughs>
1: I, I couldn't remember it two days ago ah. but
0: uh no oh, I get yeah. it
1: that's everybody's favorite president needs a cure so <laughs> fuck. <laughs> I'm not um, really gonna go there i'm i'm I will say this though um every there's it's the internet right so you get you, you get a lot of shit show on the internet. And, I mean, there's there's the, the people who say, oh, I'm glad President Trump got it. You know, I hope he dies. And, like, okay, that's not very positive or productive. I mean, there's a lot of people that don't like him and don't like, don't like his policies. And, you know, it's like, you just don't want to wish death on people. You know, that's not cool. So, I mean, my take on it is just it's karma, right? He, he kind of pretended it was no big deal and all of a sudden it's kind of a big deal. So I, I just think that's karma.
0: Yeah. And Honestly, I don't mind the uh, the anti-mask Facebook groups because um, whenever I'm feeling down about myself, I just go and read the ridiculous shit those people post <laughs> on Facebook every day, and There's I fucking a... I walk no, out feeling like Einstein. <laughs> yeah,
1: I've uh, I haven't blocked certain people on my Facebook who adhere to those uh, adhere to those beliefs. Just just be just just because. Just because um, like maybe reading a little bit of crazy uh, is, is okay to keep the balance in the world. Yet. So. Like, go
0: like ahead. I, be crazy. Yeah, I'm not going to stop you. It makes me feel smart when I go and read some of this <laughs> shit. Right. And it's just, <clears throat> it's yeah. Listen to your doctor. They're probably right. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I, I liked it. There was a kind of the meme going around. It's like, uh, it's like, um, The doctor says you should do, you know, X, Y, and Z. And the guy on the internet who's not a high school graduate, (laughs) you know, he says, this is the cure. I'm going to believe that guy. It's like, yeah, probably maybe try to listen to the doctors. That's that's what they do for a living, right? But whatever. I wear a mask. Yeah, I I do too. I try Um... and, you know, steer clear of crowds and try and be more or less healthy, so...
0: Yeah, aside from jogging, I and grocery shopping—that's the extent of my life now. Um, we even pulled our kid from school, and uh, I get up and teach him or help him learn through his online program for like mm-hmm. two and a half hours every morning. Then I go off to my office. And yeah, how do you all- um,
1: how do you feel about that? I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't—I'm certainly not don't have any experience in the whole. Wow, I guess there's no school, and we're going to be doing distance learning. Um do you think that it's doing okay? Think the programs I th- are all right?
0: I think the school system needed mass reform like 50 years ago. Um <clears throat> I can't remember. It was some like I had heard at one point that the school system that we're still under today was developed like over 100 years ago to create factory workers. And that's why it's like do a little of this, ring a bell, get a break, go back to it and it's just every child's brain does not operate on that same thing like if you diagnosed me now when I was a child I would have 100% been ADHD and it just it didn't work for me and I barely made it out of high school alive and so to have this option for my son whose brain operates very similarly to mine um I love it he because and he also knows that if we sit down we do it and we like just buckle down our day is like we've crammed a nine to three um traditional school day into two and a half hours and Thanks. you stay more you don't get fatigued right like you you're focused you have your breakfast and you just you you plow through your work and you learn what you need to and i like the delivery system of the common thing they'll be because there's youtube videos for every fucking thing now right mm-hmm. and so and sometimes it's more entertaining than what a no offense, a, a teacher who probably hates half of these little shits, right? We, and, we've and we've so, all had
1: that experience. So.
0: Yeah, and so like for the science the other day, it's he's taking light refraction, reflection, refraction, and lens. Refraction, yeah. And it's cool. So like, I get to listen to grade eight science um, over again. But his one recommendation, he had to watch a Bill Nye video. Like, okay, you, you can't tell Bill me Nye, that that. Guy. Right, and it's, you can't tell me that's not more engaging for a kid to watch a Bill Nye YouTube video for 10 minutes with someone who's paid to make special effects and jazz it up a little and kind of keep the kid's attention as mm-hmm. opposed to the maybe- The budget is bigger, right? Well, yeah, and as opposed to like some science teacher who's in his, like he's five years from retirement and he's mailing it in, right? Like, yeah. not to say all teachers are like that, but like the school system doesn't fit every kid. And I've found something that- seems to fit my kid if I make the sacrifice so I'm not taking any vacation and like till the end of his schooling and so now all my paid time off goes into when I have him I wake up at six I caffeinate I make breakfast for us I get him up at seven and seven to nine thirty we pump out his school day and then I go to work okay cool and he's... As I knew
1: you were back at work. I just didn't know how your day would work that way. So Yeah. So and
0: I you. like it. And I don't mind it because now I'm working six and a half hour days every second week. So I'm feeling refreshed and not kind of like grinding like eight to five every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Plus, I get that like other people were raising my child pretty much. Teachers, right? And so... Right. Now I'm getting that little bit of quality time with my son that I may have been missing for a few hours a day. Because when he came home from school, it was like upstairs online, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like so many kids, right?
0: And I'm sure not all parents maybe have this sentiment, but I'm contributing to his education now and we're learning together. And maybe 30 years down the line, he'll look back on this and like genuinely be happy that his mom and his dad were invested in his education and we were the ones teaching him. Yeah, and so, I don't know. I like the new norm. Um, We'll see how it goes. Like, this year's all online. We found a a company based out of Saskatoon um, that's 100% online learning and his marks are all superb so far out of the gates. Nice. Because, yeah. Because it works for him, right? Right, like, what kid by the time... Lunch hour happened, wanted to go back for another three hours. Yeah, nobody. And what was the point? Like, I get they were stretching it out, and it's like, it's an hour of English, it's an hour of math, take lunch break, it's an hour of science, right? Like, it's just, you're not going to. What go- we all grew up with, right? So, right. And you just, like, you can't grab 32 children's attention for five, six straight hours. You just mm-hmm. you can't. And so. I don't know. I found what works, but I also know other parents who did backflips the second they opened schools. (laughs) Right. So,
1: right. Right. So they want, I mean, uh, like so many people, they kind of wanted normal, you know, make it the way it was before. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I kind of, I kind of understand this, the sentiment, although, like I said, I'm, I lean more to the cautious side of like, really, do they have to have 30 people in a classroom together?
0: Yeah. And that's more of a cutbacks issue. Like mm-hmm. when you're pushing teachers from like what was the biggest class you had growing up? Maybe in the twenties? Like I like I don't remember having thirty two kids in a classroom and then having a teacher with no assistant still being relied on to deliver a quality education to all thirty two kids and guarantee that they come out of that, knowing the mm-hmm. curriculum. Like no Yeah,
1: way. I would I would say that I recognize that Class numbers were rising the older I got. Mm-hmm. So it was a thing, but maybe not, you know, it's not, oh, we got 35 in class today. I mean, that's, that's a lot of people.
0: Yeah. So even if there's the option, like I'll sacrifice, like I'll, I'll burn my VL to get a quality time with my kid and be, I'm invested in his education. So I'm putting in that effort every day when I have him. And mm-hmm. so everybody wins, right? And then no, the group of us that keep our kids home to do this method takes a load off the teachers in school because then maybe those classes go from 32 to 25. Mm-hmm. So then, Which,
1: I mean, yeah. teachers get to spend more time per student, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not so much of a handful to control a class of that many people. So, no, uh, so... yeah, I, I agree there probably is a benefit to it.
0: So, yeah, but it'll be interesting because I've noticed that Ontario is on fire and out of control for COVID. (laughs) Um, Well,
1: I mean, I I listen to the kind of things going on in Quebec. Now, now granted, I mean, both you and I, we live here in the city and it's like, oh, you know, you can't have groupings of more than, you know, 10 people or that kind of thing. And when you listen to what was going on in Quebec, they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to have to bring the... uh, the you know the grouping size from 200 down to 150 and i'm like wait wait what we have we have no groupings over 10 people and you have a 200 and you think this is you know coping with covid
0: yeah you're doing it wrong my opinion of quebec flip-flops more than like a politician's opinions flip off, right? <laughs> like it's just some days I'm like they actually I I like that about Quebec, and then for like a month later I'll be like they're nothing but a bunch of racist pricks, and then it's like <laughs> no wait they're doing a really good good program with this, and then it's like what the fuck are you people like? It's just there's never like this down. Yeah, it's the not middle. consistent.
1: I mean, they do they do some things right, and yeah, things that's like wait no you you can't do that.
0: <laughs> like they've either got their foot on the gas or they're hitting the break i don't get it like there's no like nice easy keel view of quebec ever from me right where it's like oh they're actually not causing shit this month right like it's just <laughs> the weirdest paradigm in yeah this entire
1: country. i mean i've grew up here in the west and there's just a the natural distrust of things that go on <laughs> out oh, there so
0: this province flat out hates them <laughs> it's like um what are those called where all the provinces have to pay the ones not doing as well? Um,
1: oh, yeah, the... Oh, uh, fuck. Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: Equalization payments. Like, yeah. Those come up every four years. And every four years, the West, bitches about everyone funneling money into Quebec, right? Into and it's Quebec. like yeah. And so, yeah, it's I get it. They it's,
1: want to separate, but they want to keep getting those payments. It's like, I, I don't know if anybody's told you guys it doesn't work that way. Well.
0: Yeah. I was in university for the one <laughs> referendum vote and I can't remember if there's been one since, but it's like, but they want to leave the country. They want to take everything awesome about it, but they don't want to take any of the debt or the any negative. Yeah. Any yeah so I've, it's like um,
1: I've, I've had that discussion as well. I stay out of I, it. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I, uh, I have my, have my own personal political beliefs and uh, I'm, I'm not going to get on the internet and start barking at people if, if I disagree with them, it's, it's not my style, and it's not productive. So.
0: Uh, it's what does the say? Never argue with an idiot; he'll uh, bring you down to he'll his beat level. Beat you with and... his experience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that note, we're at an hour, and that's kind of where I try to keep things at for the new. I
1: completely understand. Thing. I was kind of like, how long has this been going on? It's been a pretty good chat.
0: No, it's good. We're at an hour. Um, to each its own. Um, I like this I did an hour with my other friend um, and I like it when I ramble I ramble till I feel like all the air has been let out of the tire and I just hit stop till the next Monday <laughs> and whether I have shit to it's talk all, about or not
1: it's all good it's been a, a treat to be a guest of yours again
0: no and I I wanted to catch up so it's yeah, it has been a while a circle of friends that I've been cut off from so after I saw you was whoever passed who on the road there i'm like i need to get in touch with doug so
1: oh yeah you passed me because i was in the right hand line you kind of came up from behind me over my left shoulder so
0: yeah (laughs) no warning (laughs) awesome (laughs) um keep in touch and uh, i'm sure i'll see you around now that i got you trapped on discord as a friend
1: that too and uh like i said i'm I'm one of your dedicated listeners. So, I mean, every time you post a podcast, I'm listening to it.
0: That should almost be an automatic pass into heaven. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, buddy. I'll uh, chat with you later.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Paul. We'll do it again sometime.
0: You bet. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.